Caroline Hirsch is becoming more famous than the Empire State Building. Her Caroline's Comedy Club, in the heart of the heart of Broadway, has promoted and produced some of our biggest comedy stars. Caroline, I have to talk to you now. Pay attention. Who are some of the names who have played your famous club? Oh, over the ages. Let's go back. Let's go back almost 40 years to Jerry Seinfeld and Jay Leno and Gary Shandling and Billy Crystal and everybody that's kind of made it in this business today to the generations of the Chris Rocks and the John Stewarts and the Michael Patrick Kings and the Jim Gaffigans and the Bill Burrs and even the were they, were they Were they newcomers when they were at the club? Everybody was kind of new when they were at the club. They They kind of had this small little following that we yeah. helped develop along the way. And then, you know, and then uh, Jerry Seinfeld and Jay, Le- Jay went on The Tonight Show. Jerry had his own sitcom. Larry David was with him. Um, you know, and, and, and the whole industry, it just grew and grew, and comedy got to be a really big business. Were they all grateful later on? Did they come back even when they were big stars? Well, you know, the thing about what happened was is that, you know, we created the festival gee, almost, you know, 18 years ago. It will be the 18th year in November for the New York Comedy yeah. Festival. And what's happened is that we're able to work with them again because we can work with a lot of these stars that have kind of graduated from the Caroline stage, and we produce them all around New York City, like at Carnegie Hall or Town Hall or the Beacon Theater or Madison Square Garden. So that's been kind of – that's been the good thing about it. So, you know, I get to see Bill Maher almost every year. Oh, mazel tov to you, a real mazel tov. No, okay. I love Bill. <laughs> Bill. Bill's a saucy, got to be a saucy old guy, but he's, he's great. He's really great. How, how did it happen when you were given the lockdown? How did that come about? Well, let's see. We had a sold-out weekend. That weekend, right before Mar- of March 13th, because we closed on March 16th, when the governor said, all live venues, all and spaces like that had to close down, and we did. That was from us. It was Madison Square Garden. It was Carnegie Hall. It was every big entertainment venue had to be shut down by mandate. Mandate. Yeah. And we did not yeah. open till 16 months later. What did you do with everything? What did you do with your food, your staff? What? Oh, that was a whole, you know, it happened, the shutdown happened, I think, Monday the 16th of March, as I remember. We went to the office, looked at each other and go, okay, what do we do now? Then we said, look, you know, we thought it may be a few weeks, a month maybe, we'd be over it. Well, it went on forever. So, you know, of course, then we tried, you know, we had to go into the office, clean out the food, make sure all the systems were shut down, and, uh, you know, the the gas wasn't leaking. We had to make sure everything in there was clean and tidy. And, you know, there's a lot to shut down a restaurant just to get rid of the food that you have in the refrigerators. Clean everything, make sure everything stays clean. So we did a lot of that. We did a lot of reorganizing. But, you know, we only thought it was going to go on, like, for maybe a month. We had no idea. What did you do with your staff? What about your staff? staff? We had, you know, we had a lot of wait staff. You know, we had, you know, over 20 in wait staff there. They all went on to God knows where, back to stay with their parents, back to the Midwest, back to the West Coast. Um, We had some management, which I was able to keep on. Some people went on to unemployment. And then we were able to, you know, pay some of the people some of the time. But, but my, but the, you know, it's like three or four people that really run the company there. And we were all kind of working together, you know, to get through all of this. 
Caroline, what did you do? I mean, this is like a ridiculous question, but, but, but what did you do with all the food? You had food to feed all these hundreds of people. We, we just, you know, we, we, we gave it away, gave it to staff. People took it home that were, you know, helping us and this and that. But, you know, Cindy, the other thing about not only the waste of food, you know, all the venues had to shut down. I was lucky enough to have a nest egg to carry me through. There were a lot of little clubs around the country. They don't have anything. They went out of business. And the other part of it, just because you're closed doesn't mean the bills ended. You had a telephone bill. You had a Wi-Fi bill. You had all the bills still coming in. That had to be paid. Yeah. So it, it's well, not like you just shut the door and that was the end of that for anybody, you know. And then the electricity bills that that small little clubs were getting, everybody was complaining. I mean, it, it was, it's a horror show. I don't know how some of these people survived. Well, I do know how they survived because the government did come through with um, save our our venues, which helped all these little independent venues around the country. That was how do you know? How do you now know how to keep safe? Are there filters, air conditioning system, masks, disinfect? What do you do? Well, well, we, we, well, my landlord came in and changed all of the filters onto, you know, my landlord, we're in a big office building managed by Heinz, and they came in and changed all the filters to make sure we had all the good stuff that they were putting in the building, which really kind of sucks any kind of virus out of the air, I'm told. You know, you know, we, we've been, um, you know, since we reopened last Memorial Day weekend, um, we've been rather a safe club. Uh, hardly any of our staff came down with anything. Very lucky that our performers didn't come down with anything because, you know, if a performer comes down with it, they can't show up for the weekend. And then what do you do? You know, you don't have anybody working there. So, so, we've so been how do you do that? that how do you fix that? You don't. You could, then you just put a showcase, you know, show in. You know, when you sold all these tickets, like say to see like Joe Jabrowski's there this weekend. You know, he sold. You know, he's almost sold out every show. And you know, God forbid he got sick. Then what would we do? Because you have. Well, to what be do home. you do? You what go, do you yeah. do? Uh, you go on the motive. You know, we get other people to come in and work for them. So, but it's not like seeing the same person. It's like seeing the understudy. Are tourists coming now at all? You know. You know, the streets in Times Square, there seems to be a lot of people on the street. Um, I just passed Krispy Kremes, and it looked like they were doing some business the other day. There are people on the street. I don't know if the uh, American, you know, our domestic tourism is back to snuff. I don't oh, it's believe not. Broadway it's not. Is, doing, is doing the numbers that they really need to do. I would say I'm running on, like, 60 to 70%. Okay? Yeah. And, you know, your profit really comes from that extra, you know, 20% on the top. You know, so we're still, you know, we're still trying to, you know, make money at it. It's, 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 been, it's been tough. And you can probably go to anybody in the live event space and they will tell you that. You know, it's been tough. Because you don't want to raise the, ticket what? prices that much. You don't want to raise food prices because they're through the roof. If you've gone to any restaurants lately, you can see where yeah, it's awful. awful. $30 for a salad. I mean, really. I mean, it's that way even at home when you're shopping for your own food. It's frightening. Mm-hmm. It's frightening. It's frightening. What about, what about, now this I don't know myself, but I have heard about it. What about if they, you go into a comedy club and your tel, your cell phones are locked in a sealed bag? What, what does that mean? I don't, I understand that. Well, Cindy, that comes out of the cancel culture, okay? 
Um, it seems like, you know, a, a few years ago, somebody would catch something on a cell phone and put it out there. And, of course, in a routine, you know, you know from Joey, you can take something right out of context and it could not, you know, make any sense or could be offensive to somebody. So comedians right now do not want any of their shows taped or videoed or out on Instagram on somebody else's account, you know, unless they give you permission. So that is the idea of locking the cell phone up in a yonder case. It's a little case they give you. They put your phone in it, they lock it, and when you leave the event space, they unlock it for you. We don't do that at Caroline's, so we don't, we don't do that. We just that, say to people they can't use their cell phone. You know, the that's sort of horrible, to. though. I mean, that's horrible <laughs> to take that away from somebody. Isn't it's, it? It's, it's gotten to be like, I, I don't know, it's, it's changed so much the world. I don't know. In, in just a few years, it, all of these things have happened to us. I don't know how people haven't had nervous breakdowns with all the stuff around us that's happening to us all at once. Caroline, can people laugh with masks on? They can. We don't have that mandate at the club. We're allowed not to wear masks. In theater, theater you have to wear a mask. You still, I went to an off-Broadway show the other evening. I went to see Sarah Silverman's show, which is hilarious, but you had to wear a mask. So, But you don't have to wear a mask uh, at Caroline's. <laughs> What about the humor that has changed? I mean, everybody is so nervous. You can't mention color. You can't mention fat. You can't mention age. You can't mention race. Um, I was married to a comedian for a thousand years, and they did all of these jokes, and we all laughed. It was harmless. Now you can't say anything. Don't they have to now tailor humor? Absolutely. It's the cancel culture, and every comedian is afraid of that. They're really afraid of being canceled. I mean, once somebody gets on a social network and gets out there and says, oh, do you know who said this or said that, without knowing the whole text of what happened, it's horrible. Look, Jerry Seinfeld, you know, has told people, he won't even go to a college anymore. He goes, screw that, I'm not, I'm not even playing colleges anymore. Because they, you know, they, they get offend, offended at the slightest little twinge of, you know, what you say. He doesn't do that anymore. I, I mean, and, and I, comics I, are very, very aware of that. They are. Do they all steal from each other? No, 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 I wouldn't think so. The only time, you know, people kind of get accused of stealing is that, you know, comedians kind of all think alike. So, yeah, there might be two jokes about the same thing. So, you know, it's going over. Not really. No, not really. In the 40 years I've been doing it, that really doesn't happen. Forty years, my God! I saw you the other day in daylight, and you look terrific. Oh, well, thank you. you. I don't even go out in daylight. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what, if, what about crime and Times Square? I don't see the police commissioner schlepping around Times Square. What is happening there? I don't know. I wish we really did see the police commissioner. I think it would give everybody a little more uh, hope about what's going on. I really do. Instead of the mayor getting out there, I want to see the, I want to see her. I want to see the police commissioner and I Nobody want to see has her seen out her. There. No. She's undercover. No. But she's um, undercover. She's got cops watching her. Nobody nobody has seen her anywhere. You know, the the police um let's put it out there. City Council in Albany has tied the police's hands. They really can't do much. 
then they won't do it because they're told they're not supposed to be doing it. You know, we have street peddlers. We have this and that. We have, you know, know, I don't know. The crime, it kills me. I was crying the other night when that little girl was shot because they were shooting at somebody else. It's just it's just terrifying. I feel like I'm back in 1970 again, looking over my shoulder as I walk down the street. It's scary. I know it's scary. And I also know that Carolines, we need Carolines. We need the humor and we need people like you. And I need you to invite me down to the club because I haven't been invited in uh, 20 well, years. Then, you know, when you, you want to go out, you, you absolutely. We have some great, great people coming in. Please come out. Check I love you. Schedule I will. And I will. I will. I will. Okay. And thank you for dinner the other night, honey. Oh, you're welcome. Okay. Bye, sweetie. See you soon. Bye-bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 